Hello, welcome to the Tutors of Life podcast, episode 41. This is your host, Sean Tudor. And this is Sam. Sam, how are you today? I'm delightful. That's good. How about you? Good, I'm doing very good. Um, now that it is winter and the days are shorter, Sam and I started working out in the mornings again because we're not really big fans of not getting any light after work. Yeah, the only issue is um, I keep working until 4.30, and by the time we get home, it is almost dark. Yep. And we only got another uh, month and a half of this. Wait, really? Uh, December 26th, 28th. It starts to get longer again? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, that's not so bad. So, I mean, I guess you could technically say three months because the days are still getting shorter and then they'll start getting longer. So until it gets to this point again, it'll be about three months from now. Hmm. That's okay. I can live with that. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Hey, what was I going to talk about this week for... Uh, two doors, our tutor podcast. Um, you were talking about, uh, like different retirement idea plans. What was it? Was that IRA? IRAs. IRA funding. Real estate. Real estate. Yep. And then there was, there was something. Oh, I want to talk about um whole life insurance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those two things. Mm-hmm. Um, this episode that will be released on Friday will be our fun episode. So we're going to have two talk episodes in a row. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. So um, for those of you who haven't checked Facebook or Instagram, Ryan and I uh, released some big news in our lives. You did. Um. So, Ryan is purchasing stable living from me, and so he will be, he will get my 50% ownership. Um, well, he'll get 40% of my ownership. I'm selling 10% of my ownership to Cody Anderson. Um, I will be uh, getting a lot of our real estate Ryan and I hold together. And I'm going to transition to more of passive income. Hmm. Um, and I'm going to flip houses and burr houses full time. Nice. Yeah. And um, this really came on uh, by, we got job coaches a few months ago. And through the process of um, our job coaches had us start writing out our visions, what we want in life and whatnot. And, um, I finally realized when we were in Nashville that the best way for me to reach the vision I was writing for myself or I had for myself was to sell stable living and focus on passive income and flipping houses. Cause I, I like work. I like doing that kind of work. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I kind of had, uh, an epiphany that, uh, I was able to, um, essentially speed up five out of the 11 things that I have listed as part of my vision Yeah. uh, by by doing this. So um, I was very, very thankful Ryan was on board and open to everything. Um, So so it's going very well. Him and I will still hold our motel together and soon to be trailer park. Um, And then we still have some fourplexes we're trying to get under um, seller financing. So we'll still be doing work together. Um, It'll just be kind of a little different. I'll be uh, doing flips and stuff and burrs on my own. He'll be doing stable living and wholesaling on his own. And we'll just come together deal by deal. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm pretty excited for it. I'm I'm excited to to build up my passive income portfolio. Mm -hmm. So are you going to, like, edit part of your vision now? Yeah, now I'm going to have to tweak my whole vision so because it was geared towards uh stable living quite a bit right yeah yep 
And so now, um, coming up, there, there's a few things that had to do with stable living. Um, but now, uh, November 30th, Ryan and I will close on this. And I'm going to spend December and January putting together a new vision and goals. And then starting February 1st, we will be implementing our 12-week year. Mm-hmm. Um, tell them about our 12-week year plan, Sam. Um, well, if you haven't read our blogs, last year we blogged about it quite a bit, um, which was fun. But mm-hmm. uh, if you haven't, there's a book called The 12-Week Year, obviously. I don't remember who wrote it. But he talks about how if you set up um, like goals and steps uh, correctly, you can get a year's worth of work done in 12 weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, so our and the, so you have 12 weeks to actually do all your tasks and get your goal done at the end of the 12 weeks. And then you have a 13th week that he says you should use to, relax, congratulate yourself, do whatever, and then also prepare for the next 12 weeks. So Sean and I are kind of hoping we can take like a week-long vacation or even like a long weekend vacation. Um, And so we'll be able to do that every or four times a year, which would be really cool. Yeah. So we decided to do uh, February 1st instead of January 1st just because um, my current workplace, we get very busy uh, around Christmas time. So this way, our I think our last quarter will start November 1st, and then it'll end at the end of January. Um, so that'll be a good time for us to be able to take off from, to work around my work, we work life. Wow. Words aren't coming to me today, Sean. Yeah, uh, that's okay. Yeah. But it'll work good for my work schedule. And then also we want to take a couple of vacations. Um, going places we can snowboard Mm -hmm. so the end of january is a good time to go do that versus the other options we were thinking of yeah yeah we pretty much we wanted to have it start on a beginning of a month yeah and we saw maybe the beginning of january would work but not really because that would mean we're taking a week off going somewhere or, or getting away over the holiday season, and that's not really viable. That's Mm-mm. not really realistic. Um, and then we thought about doing uh, March as a start, um, but I think that... It one? ends at the beginning of December, and yeah. like with both of our families, we just have lots of Christmases going on, and it's just a busy time of year. Um, and a lot of places don't have snow at, sometimes, in December. Um, so if we wanted to take a snowboarding trip, it's not guaranteed that we can find somewhere. Yeah. So, yeah, we kind of went with, um, with February. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that'll be a pretty good, pretty good time of year. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, um, what else you got for us, Sam? Uh, business. Sean, what did you decide with cars today? Honestly, I'm gonna be honest with you guys. I can't. I I can't even. My I don't know if I have the mental capacity to decide this, babe. You know, I just. I need a fucking therapist. I think. Yeah, a therapist just to convince you to not buy cars. It's seriously. It's not even. It's not even. It just. I don't know why. I don't know why it takes up so much space in my mind. Why is that? Um, I think we've talked about this. You really, you like a change of scenery. Um, and seeing as you're stuck with me, um, you can't change, you know, your woman, your women around. Mm-hmm. Um, we bought a house, so we can buy another house, but you, you can't change that scenery as much as you'd like as well. Mm-hmm. Um so the other thing that you can change very easily, actually, probably the most easiest thing you can change. Um, well, it will be the most easiest thing you can change after we get married. 
I suppose right now it'd be pretty easy to break up with me and then just go ahead and go women hopping. So there's that. But that would be pretty easy. Yeah. But once we get married, then it'll be a little harder for you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, after we get married, cars are the easiest thing you can change. Huh. You know, I know I've said this before, and I'm going to say it again. And it, I'm not, I'm not going to do this because mentally I can't handle it. But if in like 2013, when I graduated high school, granted, you know what? I wouldn't have been able to afford it. But just say, for example, I was able to afford it. Nope, it's not even realistic. I can't even give that example because how would I have started my own business and shit? I wouldn't have had it paid off. I couldn't have done it. No. I'd have strapped onto it. You know what? That's void. Everything's void. My, my, my logic I was going to make is like, had I bought a vehicle, like a nice vehicle, for like $30,000 and paid the 500 bucks plus the insurance of 600 bucks a month for five years, it'd be paid off and I'd have a like new vehicle, or, you know, I'd have a five-year-old vehicle paid off in good shape. But then I just realized I wouldn't have been able to make the majority of shit I did a realistic a reality, so that that's all voided. Yeah, because uh, if we remember correctly, you did have a really nice Volvo when we started dating. Yeah, and I sold it to run the company. I know. I think that's honestly the one vehicle that you had that I miss. Yeah, I like that car. I, However, I miss like a lot of vehicles I had. Yep. But, I mean, it's all worth it, right? Like, I uh, started a business instead. That was more important to me. That's true. You did. So. Um. Okay, enough about cars. Yeah. We we talked for 40 minutes on the last podcast about that. I'm going to need a fucking therapist, guys. That's all I'm saying. Uh, if, if anyone's got a, a recommendation for a therapist, just let me know. Maybe I need to do some meditation. My job coaches were telling me to meditate. I don't know. We should really try that. Maybe clear my mind mm-hmm. of all this junk. Yeah, we should really clean out the old office. So mm-hmm. we just have a nice, clean space for you to meditate. Mm-hmm. Sean says he can't meditate in a place that's messy because that's all he focuses about. Mm-hmm. So we can we should just clean it and put like one mat out and that's it. Maybe light a candle, take a nap. You're supposed to meditate, not take a nap, mm-hmm. Sean. Mm-hmm. That's what I heard. That's what I heard. Yeah. Yep. Um. Let's see what else. Have we talked about Mimi lately? Um. I don't think so. I don't think so either. Another, a, a fun pup date. Uh, so the summer, uh, about halfway through the summer, Mimi like started reacting really badly to outside. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just to outside. Um, her paws were getting really red. She was losing like all of her hair on her paws. And she just didn't look good. Yep. Brought her to the vet. They said she had allergies. Mm-hmm. Cool. They're like, here, take this steroid and this uh, allergy med, and she'll feel better at the end of it. And we're like, cool. And they're like, if she doesn't, call us again. So, Sean, what happened? It worked. Um, it just didn't, as soon as, we, as soon as she got off, it just went ex- right back to where it was. Yep. So... Then they told us that we could get an allergy test done. Mm-hmm. And we were like, fuck yeah. Yeah. So, got an allergy test. And uh, do you remember what she's allergic to? Four different types of grass. Um, they happen to be like common grasses in Wisconsin. Cedar trees, walnut trees. Willow trees, not walnut. Oh, cedar trees and walnut trees. Willow trees, not walnut. Cedar trees and willow trees. There you go. Um, Three different types of weeds. Yep, different types of weeds. Um, horse hair. Oh, I don't. I didn't remember that one. Speaking of Mimi. Yeah, horse hair and um, corn. 
Because why not? Corn. Soy. Mixed fish. Soy. Yep. The worst part is, is we were reading about, like, allergies online, and they're just like, fish is a safe thing to give dogs if they're having allergic reactions. And then it happened to be the thing that she's allergic to. Yeah, so we thought, because the most common thing for him to be allergic to is, like, beef. And that's all we fed Mimi was beef, because beef is life. And so we're like, man, maybe we're just, like, poisoning our dog, and we don't know it. So we put her on, switched her over to a fish diet. Turns out she's allergic to that and not the beef, so she could have kept being a gangster and eating her beef. Yeah, and now Sean's too lazy to make her beef. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, our poor little doggo is going to be on allergy meds for the rest of her life. She gets mm-hmm. to take a break during the wintertime here, though. But Yeah, we tried taking her off of it here about five days ago, and she started breaking out again. So she's got to roll it in and keep taking it until the snow stops, or starts until the snow starts flying. Mm-hmm. It's so. just inconvenient because your brother has cedar trees in his backyard. I think so, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's okay. She just takes some Benadryl and some allergy meds. Yep, and she's good to go. Yep, she's so good. Um, so that's Mimi's life. Mm-hmm. Um, Mimi's a good girl. Mimi is a good girl. Um, Sam, how about Rich Dad Radio Show by Robert Kiyosaki? Are we going to talk about this one? Yeah. Oh. What about it? It was good. We listened to, uh, 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 what was it called? Behind the Scenes of Wall Street? Oh, it was, um, I'll look it up. Just start talking about it. Um, anyway, it was about a guy who, what did he, he, did he work in Wall Street for a while? He worked in Wall Street, yep. For a while, and then he also worked in some sports stuff, too. Oh, he did, like, sports coaching and stuff? Like, uh mental coaching or whatever the hell they call that. Mm. Um I don't know, he was a really cool guy. Uh he kind of just reaffirmed everything Sean and I think. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which is very entertaining. Um he was talking about the big um there's like a big scandal with the stock market cuz there was definitely like insider trading with politicians or just with big No, yeah, politicians and um and big um just some big name people. Yeah. So uh, I was uh, November third. Confessions of a former Wall Street whiz kid. Um. By so it was the guy that wrote that, and he's actually on his fifth edition of the book. Yeah. But yeah, it was really interesting because I've always been curious about like insider trading, but I never, I don't know, I've never looked into it, so I didn't know there was like a huge big scandal with it not that long ago if i remember right i'm sure all right so we have confessions of a former wall street whiz kid by peter so book by joe smith schlater and peter grandwich peter grandwich is the one that was on the uh rich dad radio show Mm -hmm. and so it was uh it was a really interesting podcast um i i love listening to the rich dad radio show because robert kiyosaki just tells it the way it is Mm -hmm. he really Um, does you know i don't know if people agree with everything he uh, most people don't agree with him what's his what's his term he says the the definition of his intelligence is Uh, if either you agree with me or you're an idiot? Yeah, so his definition of intelligence is if if they agree with Robert Kiyosaki. Mm-hmm. So if, if you agree with Robert Kiyosaki, then you're intelligent. Um, that is just the greatest thing ever. Um, so yeah, I just like listening to his stuff because he is very speculative and he's the, the doomsday investor. Yes, and this is what I love, and I'm going to call someone out, and I don't care, because they'll probably never listen to this. Okay. Um, Sean told me about this YouTuber, Meet Kevin, mm. and 
meet Kevin was like is does he I mean releases a ton of YouTube videos and I'm sure some of them are good um but he was like giving it or he gives advice of like what stocks to buy in and Sean and Sean's mom Tina both bought into a couple of the stocks that he said to buy in mm-hmm. And uh, how'd those stocks do, Sean? They didn't do great. Nope, they tanked. Yeah, they didn't do good. Nope. They didn't do good. Yeah, it took both of them uh, quite a while to at least make their money back, or they just sold it and just took the loss. I still have one of them that I'm down, like, I think, like, 25% on still. Yeah. Um, But Robert Kiyosaki, in in this podcast today, uh, literally talked about millennial investors giving out advice of like what you should buy what you should do with your money mm-hmm. and he's like and it's all like none of it makes sense it's all like not based on any like facts or anything mm-hmm. like they're it kind of just seems like they're making up like what they think you should be investing in well they just get lucky right so they mm-hmm. like see some stuff they get lucky and so and that's what they preach um, but what Robert Kiyosaki always talks about and what he talked about with um, Peter Granwich in this was that these people doing this, like a lot of these financial advisors and stuff, they've never been through a like a market crash. So most of the people that are financial advisors, I think it's something asinine, like 40%, I think they said. Yeah, not a lot. Um, oh. Of financial advisors uh, have like been in financial advising for 10 years mm-hmm. or less than 10 years um and haven't been financial advising um since like the the last big crash which was 08 mm-hmm. and so um they talked about how there should have been multiple crashes now or multiple times at a crash now but every time that there seems to be a crash that's going to happen the fed just prints more money yeah um and by the f- fed printing more money it, it acts as if things are okay but what people aren't seeing is it's actually little crashes every time they print money um because inflation is going up at such a high rate now uh the the last um published inflation i think was uh, august to august 2020 to august 2021 inflation was five and a half percent um so if you i mean think if you have your money in a savings account you lost five and a half percent or yeah maybe like 5.3 percent you lost in a year um on that money um or you you think like the value the value of your property um the value of your property went up however inflation's also coming it's going to be knocking because they printed so much more money yeah so does that mean like when the crash happens it's just going to be even worse oh the crash that and that's what they they talk about so much they talk about in the rich dad radio show um is that like the crash that's going to happen is going to be so massive because they keep inflating 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 and when it finally does crash and they are no longer able to keep inflating it, it's going to be such a devastating crash that it could ruin the dollar. So they honestly should have stopped printing money, let the crash happen. Yeah, because you want, you want, what you want is you want the crashes to happen. It's good for crashes to happen. Like it's good for the 08 crash to happen because what it does is it weeds out the people that don't have good footings. Mm-hmm. And so... By by letting by letting crashes happen, it is going to let the people that are in it with a strong footing or, or that are investing properly, they're gonna be fine. The people that are like very small margin investing mm-hmm. or they don't have a lot of reserves or they bought high and they they don't have a, a high enough uh like they don't have a high enough arm or like a, a their arm on their loan. So like a loan, uh, so like we get 20 to 25 year loans and they're five to seven, there's three year, five year, seven year and 10 year arms. That means you get a locked interest rate for three years, five years, seven years, 10 years. 
Most common is a 20-year amortization, so 20-year loan, with a five-year arm, so a five-year lock, and every five years, you get a new interest rate. And so when, when Ryan and I would run a lot of our deals, we will run it with the current interest rate we're getting, which typically is like 4.5%. We have recently found some places that'll do 3.75, and then we also found places that'll do 3%. Um, uh, that's for commercial loan. But what that does is the 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 loan or so so when when we calculate it we look at that four and a half percent then we add three percent so what would happen to our cash flow if we had a loan at seven and a half percent that's smart and everything we calculate we still cash flow it might only be 50 bucks right like we've got a two hundred thousand dollar property and it only cash flows 50 bucks but that gives us a 3% interest rate buffer. Mm -hmm. And so we do that kind of stuff to make sure that the like we have a good footing. So in five years, if we get shafted in five years and interest rates go up to six and a half, seven percent, we know every property we have is fine. Mm -hmm. And uh, at, least, at least for me, uh, all of my properties, I have 75% equity in, um, at least. Mm -hmm. Uh, or so, sorry, I have 25% equity in, I have 25% equity in, uh, 75, 25 loan to value. And I do that because the typical is 80, 20. Mm -hmm. I, the majority of the stuff we buy, we only put 10% down on, we add value to that property by fixing it up force we force value on it by, by rehabs and, um, renting it out. And, and getting good renters in and increasing the rent for the area, then we refinance for 75, 25 maximum. We mm -hmm. don't go anything, so we keep 25% equity in no matter what to give us a good footing. Yeah. Um, so it's just some stuff that like people will overpay. Even, even now we see it like people are scared of a shitty property, right? So like a C-class, D-class property that cash flows off the bat, people won't won't necessarily want, right? But they will overpay. So so a lot of those properties will pick up at 1.2 before we raise rents. Yeah. You know, I I'm not going to say a lot. There's some we pick up at like 1.2% the the rule um and and instead of um and that's before we raise rents or whatever. But people will go and pay all fucking day long 0.8% return. So something that barely cash flows just because they have a nice side-by-side -side duplex. Right. Fuck that. I would way rather spend a quarter to a half, half to a quarter of the money down, get in at a property that's 1.2 that I'm going to force up to 1.4 or 1.5 or I will cash out refinance right at the 1% rule oh, yeah. and get my money out and roll right into the next deal and I'll still have a 1% deal. That person that's in at a 0.8 deal, they're in at a 0.8 deal. Yeah. You know? And so people, Ryan and I talked about this the other day, you know, we can throw D-class, low C-class properties that cash flow to people. They don't want them because the the headache of maintenance and whatever but it's cash flow you get cash flow it don't it don't matter yeah um but people will pay all day long for a side-by-side -side duplex that don't make any money yeah that's so true um and it's i'm not really sure why people do that um maybe if if they're looking for the appreciation game that's there i mean the appreciation on those is going to be there big time um but i'd rather take the cash flow yeah 100%. give me give me 500 600 bucks extra a month yeah. Give me that shitty ass property. I make five hundred bucks a month. Whatever. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, so that's kind of that's kind of that, and and those shitty properties you can get super cheap. Oh yeah, because a lot of people are just they just want like moving ready stuff. They don't want to do have to do any work to them. Mm-hmm. That's very interesting. I'm very yeah. So if the crash happened, okay, are we talking about like? A crash overall, like housing crash, stock market crash. Yeah. Like everything will crash probably at once. Yeah. So when that happens, would rents go down too? You know, I'm not exactly sure. Because 
this is 100% me speculating because I've never been through this, so it's just me guessing. I would think rents would go down maybe a little bit. Mm-hmm. But here's why I don't think they they will. Okay. When there's a crash like that, people get very scared. Mm-hmm. And people actually tend to sell more because they're afraid of being in, right? So they'll, like, only investors buy, 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 buy. Right. Um, <clears throat> when when COVID crash, when COVID happened and stuff, <clears throat> um, a lot of people sold their, like, stocks and shit because they were afraid. Yeah. And so people were selling their stocks and just plummeting the price of the stocks. I took... I. Th- I took everything we had. Yeah, we we bought a lot. I think I spent every dollar. I mean, I kept my reserves. I keep my reserves. That's just part of the game. You, I keep my reserves for my 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 real estate and, and our personal living and shit. But um, I threw everything I had into fucking travel stocks and shit, which ended up giving us like a 60-70% return. Yeah, we did give up travel stocks this year. Uh, um, or, or last, last year. year. And so I a lot of people panic. And that's why I don't think if a crash happens, I think so many people are just going to be sell, 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 sell. I don't want a house because property values don't mean anything. Um, I'm getting out of stocks, blah, blah, blah. And I think they'll just keep renting. And I think it'll be the investors that pick up the majority of. But I feel like they'll be able to pick up because if a crash happens, then most people people will get laid off. Okay. Right? Most likely, yeah. So, don't you think you would want to lower rents to make sure that, like, your good tenants can keep paying if they lost their job or something? Yeah, but I don't think many people are going to... It'd be similar to, like, the COVID situation that a lot of people aren't going to actually lose their job. That's true. Because they still need... Those jobs still need to be there to keep the economy going. Yeah. Um, Maybe some small businesses will shut down, um, but I don't think it'll be... Bad bad so what i do think though is to get a mortgage on a house is going to be more difficult oh yeah yeah, yeah. because when a crash happens lenders get very nervous on lending to people right because i'm sure a lot of people are like uh foreclosing on their homes foreclosing on their homes people they're afraid that people default on their loans whatever and interest rates go up. Mm-hmm. So people might be sitting at a 6 6% interest rate or 7%. A lot of people are going to be like, wow, I don't want to get a house at 6% interest rate. That's crazy. Right. So they keep renting. And so that's why I don't think rents will be affected much with a crash. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they kind of stay around market. And with all the inflation we're having anyhow, how could it? Right. The inflation just out of hand. They So at least in, this, in, in the episode we were listening to, they said that in the past year... They have printed 40% of the um, money uh, of the nation's debt debt they printed. Um, So I'll look it up exactly, but um, I'll look up how many trillions of dollars have been printed. Um, Take over for a minute, Sam. Um, Okay, the... I had a thought and now it's gone. Like always, you put me on the spot, and I'm not ready for it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just very... Because we thought this crash was going to happen in November of 2019. And so, we sold out of all of our stocks. We didn't really have much real estate at the time. We just have our regular house. But we sold out of all of our stocks, and then it didn't happen, didn't happen. And then it happened when COVID hit at the end of February, beginning of March. But... It was only the stock market that really crashed, but it didn't even crash that much. Mm-hmm. I mean, it crashed quite a bit, but it wasn't, like, awful because it rebounded. Mm-hmm. But, like, housing still went up and up and up. So, yeah, I'm just very... It'll be weird for us when both, like, everything crashes. Because, I, I don't know, if I think back to, like, 2008, I mean, I was a... Uh... Sophomore in, college, or sophomore in high school. And, I mean, neither of my parents struggled with money. I had no clue anything like that was going on. No clue. Did you? What's that? Have any clue of the crash in 08? I don't think so. No, because, I mean, I think all of our parents work still. 
Um, I don't even think I knew that happened. Ooh, I did see an article today. That's what I was going to talk about. Um, that this will be like one of the most expensive Thanksgivings since 1970. Um, because yeah. food prices have gone up 3% this year alone. Mm-hmm. Um, we're near the highest gas prices we've ever seen. I think the highest I have ever seen, I was a junior in high school, and gas was up to like $4 a gallon. But it was only over, it was only over 4 in Eau Claire for a day. And then it went back down. All right. Yeah. Did you... You didn't drive at that time. You were in middle school, you little Wait, baby. Wait, when was this? Um, when gas prices were uh, above $4. For my first two years of driving, gas prices were that. 2011, 2012, and 2013. Yeah, I paid $4 a gallon always. I guess I didn't drive my that much my freshman year of college. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. But, uh... Did you ever, like, so when gas prices first hit $4, did you have lines of cars at the gas stations in Ashland? When it first hit $4? Mm-hmm. No. When it hit a dollar, we did, I think. Jesus. I remember we were in line. Was it 2000? What was that? You um, can remember that, but you can't remember anything else. Yeah. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, it... Was it really that late? I know I lived at home because there's a gas station right across from the street from my mom's house. Oh, no, I always paid $4 a gallon for fucking gas. That's just how it was. I think um, you're crazy. All right. Maybe. I also always bought premium because I always drove whippersnapper Oh, cars. well, that would be why you always paid $4 oh then. Oh, my God. I cannot fucking find a straight answer for how much money they printed. I can't. You shouldn't be surprised. To be 22% of U.S. dollars printed in 2020. 35% of U.S. dollars printed in 2020. They just fucking throw out random numbers. Anyhow, whatever. They said pretty much like 40% of the... the, the, the nation's debt. The nation's debt, whatever. they No, no, because it was 40% of like the currency that existed. They printed that much more. Mm. So, whatever. So... I mean, either way, it just adds to our debt. Oh, it just kills our debt. Yeah, because now we're in trillions. Oh, yeah, because the one guy was saying he remembers when they said, like, we have a couple billion dollars in debt. And, and he thought that was asinine. And he's like, now we're in the trillions. Like, can you imagine that? Trillions of dollars in debt. Whoever runs this business, god awful. Oh, it's, 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 it's not good. No. Um, the one thing I really that I thought was very interesting about that podcast is because he was saying um, when a crash happens, like you have to have both political parties like meet in a room and like discuss like how they're going to fix the nation. Oh, and my. he's just like, you can't do that right now. Like, it's not possible right now. There is a U.S. national debt clock. Mm hmm. So the U.S. national debt clock is twenty-eight trillion nine hundred fifty-five billion six hundred sixty-three million, and everything else is changing so fast that you can't even. I just don't understand. Wait, but why does it say U.S. total debt as eighty-five trillion? Wait, let me look at this. This clock is crazy. There's so many things going on. Anyhow, we are in so much debt. I don't even know how... I, I don't even know... There, there's no good answer to how to get out of it. So, U.S. federal debt to GDP ratio. They talked about this in the podcast. So, in 1960, the debt to GDP ratio was 52%. 1980, they were doing good, and they got it down to 34.69%. In 2000, the GDP, uh, the, the debt-to-GDP ratio was 55.66%. Now, in 2021, it is 125.95%, which is not good. Oh, my God. Credit card debt. In the U.S. is $1 trillion. 
Wait, is that trillion? That's a trillion. One trillion dollars, eleven billion seven hundred twenty-four million eight hundred eighty-eight thousand, and now it's already at eight hundred ninety-two. So, oh, so the total debt that is like per like people people debt. That's so like people debt. Our debt. So you oh. you know how like we have all those house loans. Oh. Yeah, that's person debt so it says on there like uh it, there's a student loan debt one and it says on average forty thousand dollars of student loan debt per person this is awesome that thing's really cool to look at okay what is that website called sean this is usdebtclock.org check it out for funsies and see how fucking in debt we are that's there's super cool a lot of numbers on that oh my god dude this thing is whack we're gonna hit fucking they're gonna get to 29 trillion real fast um, so yeah, it'd be interesting to see what what the plan is for for how how to get out of this. I, I don't. One thing I do not understand is how we could get out of this debt we are in. It's because if if our debt to GDP ratio is one hundred twenty five point nine five percent, for every dollar we make, I think I think that's how that works. For every dollar we make, one dollar and twenty five cents is spent. So how could we even make that up? Stop giving government handouts. There'd have to be so many like it just sucks. Stop. Right, because it just sucks. Because what basically hap- has to happen is the people that are actually working have to pay taxes, and they don't get anything back. Like so, our taxes should be going to pay off that debt oh absolutely i I couldn't agree more it but we there has to be so much cutbacks in the government and there needs to stop being all these free like handouts and funding because that needs to so many things need to become privatized to to get rid of so much government spending oh yeah and so that when they actually take our money it goes to something it goes to something like useful instead of, you know, the person down the street who's too lazy to get a job and they can be on unemployment for as long as they want and mm-hmm. we're paying for them to just, you know, do nothing mm-hmm. and fuck off with their lives. Absolutely. So it it's really it it's gonna be interesting to see if any group of people can put together a viable plan that will be executed by the government because there's just way too much corruption, I believe. Oh, 100%. That, that there's no way that the government would agree to get rid of half of their services in order to start paying off the nation's debt, which would then strengthen our dollar. Well, yeah, because all of those politicians are getting paid a shit ton of fucking money to do nothing. They don't do anything. They got paid to do nothing during COVID. Oh, absolutely. Well, you, they have to get paid. You know, you got to pay them. They got to they gotta keep doing nothing. Yeah, once again, they get paid to do nothing, and they actually did nothing. They got to, if they had a child, didn't matter the age of the child, they got to stay home, didn't have to work, and they got paid to stay home. Yeah, it was kind of crazy how much, like, the, what they, uh, what a lot of politicians, like, didn't have to do while they but still got paid like more than anyone should get paid i am very interested in robert kiyosaki talks about this and his stuff and and he talked about it with peter graham which is to how how they are going to who who's going to make this plan how is this plan going to be implemented is there any possibility that it'll even happen or is it just hopes and dreams and in reality, we're just going to let the, the dollar kill itself? Here you go. Here's what's going to have to happen. Um, we pretty much need almost an entire new government in general because they're all corrupt. They're all getting paid by insurance companies, medical companies, other big companies to make laws and support these businesses that uh, are probably doing sketchy actually i shouldn't say probably that are doing sketchy shit um so they're getting paid to do that plus they're getting paid to be a government official and not do anything with their lives um so we would have to take out uh how many people are in the government uh isn't it's like uh there's what is it 50 senators 
Uh, I, I'm not even going to act and then like I know. The House of Representatives, there's uh, like... There's just too many. Yeah, so it's it's a lot of people. Because that's the issue is one person can't go in and start fixing this. It has to be a gr- big group of people that come together that they're all just like, okay, I'm going to run for the House of Representatives in this district of this state. But like it would have to be at least probably 50 people. No, more than that. It'd probably have to be 100 people who band together who kind of overthrow the government from the inside. You want to know what I think it would actually have to be? What? I think it would have to be, because hear me out, the government is supposed to work for the people. Mm -hmm. So I think the people would have to start holding these people liable. And once that happens, a lot of these people will start going to prison. And then those spots will become open. And then they can start putting people who have, who, who are going to serve, put elect people with terms, uh, viable terms, four years, four-year terms, five-year terms, 10-year maxes, depending on the position. And they are there to serve their people or like their district or whatever it is. And so it would have to be, I believe, the people standing up for the Constitution, their constitutional rights, and holding these politicians liable. I agree, but we can look around and, like, that doesn't happen. This whole, they even talked about on this podcast, the whole, like, insider trading. They said a whole bunch of little small people went to jail, but it was nobody that was actually involved. No big names actually went to jail. All those people are too protective. Yes. It's people like you and I who are going to talk about it on this podcast and we get bigger and bigger and bigger. They're going to fucking just come after us. They just kill us. It'd be awesome. Hell yeah. (laughs) Um... Did I love when that happens? Epstein didn't kill himself. Anyhow, um, the thing I I see where you're coming from. Why I don't think that's a thing, or why I don't think that's realistic, is there are certain people in government currently that claim that that's what they're there for. Like um, Dan Crenshaw, um. Dan Crenshaw claims up and down, right? That that's like what he is trying to do. But he effectively gets nothing accomplished. Right. Doesn't Who calls him out on it all the time? Andy Frisella? Andy Frisella yep. definitely called him out. Um, oh, shit. Uh, it might have been John Burke, too. Um, oh, there's one other person. One other person for sure. Um, so someone else called him out because he's always talking about like, you know, standing up for the Constitution, Second Amendment rights, and stuff like that. Um, and he's always talking and talking and talking about how, essentially, they need to do stuff to stop some of the crazy uh, leftist policies. And it's really just crazy policies in general, a lot of the spending policies and stuff, which is not left or right, it's both. Mm-hmm. It's just a lot of stupid policies, yeah. um, but people people tune them up because they're like, dude, you are in. I don't. I uh, see a senator. What is Dan Crenshaw? I don't even know. Um, but anyhow, uh, United States representative. She's a United States representative, and um, people are like, dude, why aren't you doing this shit? Right. You talk about it all day long. You're saying this, that, and the other thing. Why aren't you doing nothing? And there's a couple other guys like Dan Crenshaw who who are. Uh, whether they're senators or representatives or whatever, um, that just talk the talk and don't do shit. Mm -hmm. And so that's where I don't think that amount of people really has an impact to do anything because they, I don't know if they're too scared or what. Right. It needs to be a bigger group. Yeah. It it has to be like, and the, the only issue is like, there's a lot of good people in the world that could do it. But they don't want to because, I mean, they probably just know how corrupt the system is. And I'm sure they'll just get so angry trying to fix it. Yes. Yes. I, yeah. It, go ahead. And that's like, another thing that we've talked about is like taxes. So, so many like 
liberals talk about like taxing the rich more, but it's it, that this the stupid part about it is people gr- get rich by knowing like I'm not saying Sean and I are rich at all, but no. we're we're learning like how to spend money correctly so we don't have as much of an income. Um, like, especially with Sean owning his own businesses. But it's because you get to a certain threshold, and all of a sudden, half of your paycheck is gone. Yes. And it's not that high. Like, no. So, if you make over 100 so so once you reach $164,000 income for a single person, you start to get taxed 32%. Um, but then you have to add... you got to add 15 percent for social security and medicare if you don't have an s corp filing or a corporation filing for mm-hmm. your company yeah. so if you're just regular llc um sole proprietor self-employed or just an employed person um if you're making over 164 000, so uh, so you get taxed at 24 percent from 86,000 to 164,000. then once you start making 164,000, you get taxed 32 percent from 164 to 209 then from 209 to 523 you get taxed at 35 percent and i think this is just ass backwards like i honestly think well i don't think it should gradually go up i think it should uh um just be like one standard rate but like sean and i are paying in for taxes and guess who gets it all these people that aren't trying hard or like all these people that when well, they pay ten percent in taxes, they get refunds at the end of the year. Yeah, yep. And there's just so many deductions and stuff for them, but but no one should be getting refunds. We're in trillions of dollars of debt. No one should be getting refunds. Yes, yes. I they they've even said that like um, there's been so many like studies. If they do a straight tax mm-hmm. instead of a tax break, they just do a straight tax. So all income gets taxed at 10%. Mm-hmm. Okay, boom, all income taxed at 10%. Okay, that's not asking too much. Through the board, everybody. So Jeff Bezos gets taxed 10%. We get taxed 10%. Yeah. People making $10,000, you get taxed 10%. Everybody gets taxed 10%. They actually said there'd be more tax than there is now. But tell me how that makes any sense. Because, well... Write-offs. Right, exactly. And and so that's why it's so stupid. Tax rich, tax rich. Yeah, the rich know how to get massive write-offs. They know the, all the loopholes. Like, I remember I saw an article of people getting pissed because uh, someone, their salary was like $1 a year or something. Or like, it was like, it was stupidly small. And it's like, because they can do that. Well, Jeff Bezos' salary is $200,000 a year. That's not even realistic. No, not a at lot all. of like, if you got a MBA and and you run a bank, uh, local bank in Eau Claire, two hundred. It's like two hundred fifty thousand a year to to run a bank. Um, it's asinine, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember looking at it. It was so you're telling me someone that runs so the the head person of a bank, someone running a bank, an employee, is making more than Jeff Bezos. Yeah, that's impressive. Okay. But then we have to think about all their tax. Like, then I just think about what they get taxed on that. So then they're actually only making one hundred twenty-five thousand. I mean, take home, which that is a lot. But at that rate, why wouldn't you only like? Okay, wait. What's the tax bracket below? Hold on. I'm. Well, so what it would be? So hold on. Let's just do this. So if you're at two hundred nine, let's just do this. So if you're at, if you make two hundred nine thousand, okay. Mm-hmm. Um. The amount over. So you would make minus 47, 843. So, you know, you math and shit, you're going to make about 162,000. So that's not bad. Okay, but that's without Social Security, Medicare, all that stuff, right? Oh, fuck. Yeah. Oh, geez. Yeah, I forgot about that. So that's what I was saying. If you made 250, you would make only 125,000. Fuck, dude, you're kind of under something here. So, well, so if you're just a regular, I'm just going to do a straight employed. So a straight employed person not owning their own business. Um, 
625 equals plus 47843 bam 63864 63864 all right so roughly if you're a regular employed person a regular employed person you would get 145,000. If you are self-employed, then you would be at 129,000. And that's stupid. I think that's ridiculous. So the problem, I think what, I mean, the big problem, and I listen to so many, so many wealthy people talk about this. When you talk about raising taxes on the rich, the rich already don't pay taxes. They know how not to pay taxes. Mm -hmm. And so what they're really doing is hitting the middle class who, you know, middle class making anywhere from a household making anywhere from 150000 a year to maybe a million dollars a year, middle class. Okay. And that's a couple, right? It's a couple. Okay. Um, so middle class making anywhere from one hundred fifty to a million, we'll just say. Um they're the ones that are going to get hit with this 37% tax bracket. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the 35 to 37% tax. So they're the ones that are getting hit the worst. And so it's going to take them from middle class down to lower middle class. It's oh. going to essentially get rid of a middle class. Right. Also, the funny, like now that I think about it, so politicians are per like promoting for themselves to get taxed more. That's what it would be. Yeah, because politicians would technically be in the... They would have to be. Because I think some of them make like $400,000 a year. That's just the president. The other ones... But the thing is, they make way more than that because of... Yeah, all the... Deals yeah. and all that stuff. But um, I just don't... I don't have an answer. I don't really know too much about politics. But what I do get into is... Um, I'm not a big fan of getting taxed. Um, and one thing that's going to help me get away from a lot of taxes is owning real estate. Mm -hmm. And that's going to make me very happy. Yeah. I just don't like... Um, I really don't like helping people that uh, don't deserve it. Well, I just think that I'm just... I, I, am, I am so pro-equality it doesn't make sense mm -hmm. like my i think equality to the absolute max and this is what i'm going to say on that i think if a business makes a hundred thousand dollars a year mm -hmm. they should get taxed 10 percent mm -hmm. then when they pay their employees their employees get taxed 10 percent and if they're an s corp and they're an employee they get taxed 10 percent I think everybody should just have a straight tax. So no matter what, you you wouldn't even you wouldn't even have to worry about anything. It would be so clear what the tax bill is, mm -hmm. because it would seriously be whatever your income is. the The government just sends you a tax bill for ten percent of that. It doesn't matter. Your business makes a million dollars. You get a tax bill for a hundred grand. It does not matter. What if your business lost money? Then you would get a credit. But how would you lose money? So like, right. So you just, you mean like all income that they get, they just get taxed 10%. Why not? Okay. Got it. Got it. Then because you, then, I, yeah, because then businesses won't try to make sure that their expenses exceed their income because it doesn't matter if they get taxed 10% on just all their income no matter what. I'm going to tell you right now, you'd see a lot more humble people out there. There'd be a lot less brand new vehicles. There'd be a lot less mm -hmm. brand new equipment. Mm -hmm. There'd be a lot less brand new builds. Oh, yeah. They, the, the real estate, people would be fixing up properties 
tenfold compared to building new properties. Oh yeah. The it would I I believe something like that would build the infrastructure so much better and there would be so much less waste. So would we get tax ten percent for all rents we get in? Yes. I like that. Everything just gets taxed ten percent. Problem solved. Sales tax? Would you pay sales tax? I think sales tax would be state by state based upon what the state needs for its for like its own budget. Its own budget, but I also think they I think they should just figure it out and it just be a straight whatever. How much debt is the state of Wisconsin? I don't know. Let's look it up. Because I think I saw there's some states that uh, once they legalized marijuana, they like had a surplus. Oh, I'm. I would not doubt it. Because yeah, because then you have sales tax on it. Uh, in the fiscal year of 2020, Wisconsin state debt stood at 22.51 billion. What? Wisconsin's debt is at 22.51 billion. That's a lot. That is a lot. You know who's not a very good um, business owner? I would want to think the current governor. Correct. Yeah. Um. The one thing that really bothered me with him, mm-hmm. and I didn't, like, care who was our governor, but when um, Scott Walker was our governor, when you entered Wisconsin on the signs, it said, open for business. And I thought that was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, pro- promoting, like, business owners and whatnot. And then when Governor Evers took over, uh, he replaced business is open with his name. So, if that doesn't tell you how selfish he is, um, I don't know what will. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, Sean, I think we, we're over an hour. Jeebus, jeebus, jeebus. Um, yeah, we just got we just got rolling on a rant and that, that led into taxes because um, we didn't even really fucking talk about the podcast much because we just got on such a, such a, a, a train of, of taxes and uh, possible crashes and stuff. Um, maybe we'll continue this for next Friday. Maybe. Hey guys, this is what I'm going to say. This is what I'm going to say. Just, uh, I don't even know what these words are. Go to your state assembly. Oh fuck. Anyways, um, man, we just got to get a straight tax, straight tax on everything for everyone. Think of, think of the amount of money, right? That would be in the, um, like in the, the government, or that, that the government would get if Amazon was taxed 10%. Oh, of all their income? Yep. I, w- I just want to see what Amazon's income is. Because okay. that's public. So how would we... Okay. So their income would be like the percentage they take off of like smaller so businesses. In 2020, online platform Amazon reported a net income. A net income. That's profit. Yep. A net income of $21.33 billion. Net. Their profit was $21.33 billion. So they would pay $2 billion in taxes? No, that's net. I'm talking gross. I'm talking we should get taxed on gross. Their gross income, this is decimals in millions their their gross income for 2020 was 152 billion dollars 757 million so my thought is they would get taxed then 15 billion dollars yeah and you okay and obviously wait so their profit was 20 22 so i mean still they'd make a they make seven a seven billion, billion dollar profit, but here's the thing: I know they had to have done write offs. They did a fuck time, sure. Oh because yeah. Because that's, that's just, smart business. That, you have to do that because you have to do write offs and stuff. Right. So if you just did a straight tax, then people would stop doing that. Absolutely, because there'd be no point in trying to game the system. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so you would just. I th- there'd be so much more money to be circulated, I think, that way. Yeah, I think so, too. I like that. Because then that gives you a reason, too, to even... Oh, I, no. Oh, 
The only issue with that then, I guess, is it doesn't give you a reason to pay your employees more. Do people have a reason to pay their employees more now? I mean, doesn't that lower your profits? Yeah. Yeah. But I guess if you lower your profits too much, then how do you pay for things? Like new things. Right. I just... I. I, I don't think that would be an issue because, like, you're either going to treat your employees well or pay them what you're able to or you're not. Um, okay, Sean, I think that's enough of taxes. Let's be done with it. Anyhow. We can continue next week if y'all want us to. Just so everyone knows, I don't know anything I'm talking about. I just make up stuff the whole time and just throw it at you. So I hope you enjoy. Check us out on our podcast coming out Monday. And um, read our blogs at tutorsoflife.com. And I hope you enjoyed spending your Friday with us or whenever you decide to listen to this. Cool. Okay, bye. See you.